and Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. <clears throat> My voice kind of cracked there cool. a little bit, and then it just threw me off completely. It's January 27th. It's AFC NFC Championship Week. How are you doing today, good sir? Hey, Nate. I am doing fantastic. <laughs> How are you? We're off to a hot start. <laughs> um, oh, God. I, I got to say, I got to give myself a little round of the pat. We're back. Last week, we had a bit of a, an issue, a.k.a. I had a power issue where the block just went down. <laughs> um, so I did a solo recording, but man, do we just nail those games from a Trophy Kids podcast standpoint. Beautiful weekend. Um, played out basically how I assumed. I think we got the four best teams. The playoffs did a good job this year filtering through. We don't have some random team that got pushed through on some nonsense. I think we've we've got the four best teams heading into this weekend for two very good games, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I think we were we were pretty confident no matter what happened in the AFC, we were going to get a good matchup. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was a little concerned about the NFC teams. Um, I, I really didn't want to see a, a Philly-Dallas matchup. Although it would, would have been fun, but for me, it's just like, oh, that's just the ugliest field I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, I, I like what we got here. And obviously, these matchups are crazy. A lot of it is, it's you know, especially in this Philly-San um, Philly Fran, it's a lot of strength versus strength. So, yeah, yep. some good matchups. It'll be a good one to dive into. I do owe you and the listeners an apology, though. I I talked you all into the Bucks, and I I apologize. I I bought into that we're healthy narrative. Tom's coming back, and I wanted to puke all over myself watching that game. I know we're going back two weeks here, folks, but my God, that was one of the most embarrassing football games I've watched as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and I've seen some embarrassing football in my lifetime. Oh, but of course! Holy mackerel, did we miss the mark? Yeah, it was terrible, and 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 just for it to be the the Monday game, the the, the day where there's the one singular game, it's like damn it. Um, and and I'm mad at myself. I don't I don't really blame you. I blame myself because you already know I haven't been very high on your bucks in this podcast no. this year, so I don't yeah. know why I was suddenly like, oh yeah, they can beat Dallas, who at times looks like the best team in the NFC. So I don't know what I was really thinking there. So um, I kind of blame myself there. So don't worry about it. It was an absolute. Man. Thank God we're firing coaches left and right. Um, <laughs> which makes sense left which had to go i mean in the four years he's been there the three pre up to this year we were a top three scoring offense this year we were 25th it's like mm, okay so bruce was really right all the rumors about bruce was being the problem seemed to be overstated bruce seems to be the one thing that kept this train going yeah uh, definitely and bruce you know he was he was willing to be a risk taker and stuff like that and when you have the left which um I'm spacing on the former. I always space on your coach's name, the former resident. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, the most, you know, conserv- one of the most conservative oh defensive coaches in the NFL. You know, he, he's one of those old school, you know, Ron Rivera, Lovey Smith type coaches, honestly. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, you're just, you're going to get not the same product as if you had with Bruce, who was willing to take some risks and stuff. That's the real problem is like, I get we fired coaches left, which had to go. Some of the other coaches, running back coaches, all that had to go. It it clearly wasn't working. We're going to try to rebid for Brady here. I don't think we're going to sign him again. Maybe though, because I mean, as everybody wanted to speculate, he's going to Miami. It's like, well, no, Giselle lives in Miami. The kids are going to school in Miami, but he might want to stay in the greater state of Florida and not have to move around the country. We may get him, but having Todd Bowles stay is is probably not uh, winning him over necessarily. Yeah, definitely not. And on that whole Brady thing, I know you know, I don't want to get too like crazy off topic and everything here, but the whole Brady thing and where Tom ends up and you know, also looking over at these Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets rumors, I'm like, there's too many good quarterbacks in the AFC. Why would you even want to go there? <laughs> That's the most insane thing ever. I don't understand all these like rumors of these quarterbacks moving. Who wants to play in the AFC right now when you can play in a very weak NFC that is not going to be up to par? 
Like outside of the 49ers and Eagles, who's really competing in the NFC? The NFC, if, if Rodgers and Brady goes, we're looking at Jalen Hurts as number one, Dak and Kirk Cousins. Is that the top three? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous oh, Such an easy, yeah it's it makes no i don't understand these like why would he go to loss why would I, I mean maybe he will because it is tom brady and we probably should get off the topic here in a minute but it's like the rumors to the raiders makes zero sense like his no. kids are in miami he lives in florida right now that's an afc team if he's going to go out to the west coast why not go to the niners where at yes. least he grew up <laughs> and has family connections like and play in the nfc like some of these rumors just make zero sense Zero sense. And, and, you know, right now, especially in the AFC, the young freak, freakazoid talented quarterbacks are taking over. So I, I just, I would hang out in the NFC. Yes, I would as well. Speaking of uh, AFC quarterbacks, before we dive into the game, do a little cleanup here. I am getting, um, I don't know if you're as annoyed about this, but I am very annoyed about the Josh Allen, Cam Newton comparisons. That man is not Cam Newton. I do think, and I'm not the first one to do this. I've seen this though. I do like the comparison that he's going to be the next Philip Rivers because I think that Buffalo window, and you may disagree, but I think we've seen that window closing, and we're gonna he's going to turn into the Philip River years where it's like they win an absurd amount of games in the regular season, put up ungodly numbers, and then something unfortunate happens in the playoffs, and he just never wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean it's concerning, especially just with as we've been talking about all the other teams around them. Um, they they just they need they need to rebuild that team a little bit. The offensive line is horrific. Um, yep. He is constantly running for his life, you know, making just whatever he can, making anything happen that he possibly can. So yeah, I could definitely see that. And I mean, there's definitely you know I don't totally believe in curses, but the Bills. <laughs> I don't know. They need to do a seance or something in that stadium. <laughs> There's call the Winchester boys and, and get some supernatural magic going. Like something wrong is happening in Buffalo. Sure. Um, but this is the problem. I mean, <clears throat> and I, the matchup, we'll talk about the Bengals chiefs here in a minute, but like I, I teed up that matchup perfectly because it just, we so over speculated the line and that's just more media hype. But like, this is the problem when you hire defensive minded head coach, Sean McDermott, one of them, great head coach, yeah. turn that organization around. But the problem is, is you're always going to be reliant in today's NFL on hiring great offensive coordinators who are eventually going to get picked off. And I do think the Brian Dable effect is real. Like it's no coincidence that Josh Allen went from a turnover prone guy to not a turnover prone guy. When Dayball's there, he leaves, he starts to become more turnover prone. And then Daniel Jones, who's been turnover pro his entire career, all of a sudden doesn't be turnover prone and is doing magical things like the Brian Dable effects a real thing. And that's the unfortunate part about when you hire these defensive minded guys instead of offensive minded guys. Yeah, you might lose your OC, but the system stays the same because it's the head coach's offensive minded system. And I think that was a real problem. Ken Dorsey is a good offensive coordinator, but he just he couldn't make the adjustments Dable did. He couldn't rein in Josh Allen. It seems like maybe there wasn't a full faith in the system. You could see the frustration on Diggs. And it does maybe feel like that Bills window because windows in the NFL close very quickly. Yep. Might not saying it's over because we all know football is a crazy sport. Injuries can line up, the stars can line up. They could still win a Super Bowl, but it does feel like we started to watch that window start to close with all the other teams in the AFC and how they're built. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, just just pointing real little things out. Tre'Davious White wasn't the same player this year coming off the injury. Um, yep. They really they I I do like Gabe Davis, but Gabe Davis is not. A, a number two wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think they probably should bring someone in there. Um, I like Ken Dorsey, but I, I do feel like Ken Dorsey is really good at, you know, 
the, the, the stuff that he goes in scripted, but then once he kind of has to make adjustments, it ain't always great in my opinion. Yep. And then lastly, it, I just think one of the funniest thing is this team has Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, and Cole Beasley. They are all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a great look for the GM talking shit about the Bengals stinking to get Jamar Chase, which by the way was a season – Josh, or um, Joe Burrow didn't play because of his ACL, but it's like, hey man, you might want to stink to get another wide receiver too, because that wide receiver core is looking rough. I yeah. would not be putting a spotlight towards your recite by calling out other wide receiver cores when that's what it looks like. Yep, agreed. That's been one of the funnier takes too on the internet with this <laughs> absurd Hamlin conspiracy theory that he's actually passed away. It's like Cole Beasley would be the first guy to blow the whistle on that. Yeah. <laughs> like if the vaccine was in charge there, Cole Beasley would be on a microphone right now. You'd be like, I was right the entire time. You know it. <laughs> yep. Um, that's the other thing. I do have a problem in today's betting age too. We speaking of the Bengals bills line, because what you said, the white thing was perfect. It was something I harped on in the breakdown. It was like all week we heard from the media, the mainstream media about, I can't believe I just said mainstream in the sports, mostly one network and a handful of shows. You know what they are. We bring them up here all the time, completely talking about the Bengals offensive line issues, which was definitely a thing to factor in. But I didn't hear once them talk about the offset of Von Miller being injured and the pressure rates dropping off the face of the earth for the Bills. Mix that with White not being the same player and a banged up secondary and Joe Burrow getting the ball out of his hand so fast and like the pre-snap reads and Zach Taylor being able to do things. And it was just like we saw then the betting market blow up because people are coming into this that aren't very experienced betters. Not to say we're like the most experienced, but like there are valuations, there's nuances to the conversations. And it feels like the last two weeks have especially gotten bad in that direction. Because when we start with the Bengals-Chiefs game, we're already starting to hear debates. If Joe Burrow wins, he's automatically better than Patrick Mahomes. And that's just not how it works. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so annoying. Um, all right. Let's start talking about some games. 49ers-Eagles. Line is set at two and a half. Eagles are the favorite. Over under 46 and a half. Both these lines within under a field goal makes about sense. I think we're probably going to see something similar no matter who comes out of these games next week or not next week in two weeks for the Super Bowl, I think the line will be under three as well here. Fascinating matchup. You already kind of teased it strength on strength here. What are you seeing in this? What kind of matchups are you liking? How are you breaking this one down? Yeah. I mean, it, this is a great matchup and yeah, strength on strength, number one, rush offense, number one, rush defense. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I hate to lean Eagles, but I definitely am leaning Eagles a little bit here. They're, they're just rolling, and obviously San Fran's been rolling too, but this is going to be by far the craziest, most intense environment that we've seen Brock Purdy in so far. And yeah. last week, there there were some moments where you were like, whoa. Um, you, every once in a while, he tries to create a little bit too much, and he is just – He's waiting until the absolute last second. And sometimes he'll like switch his feet over real quick and just wing the ball out. And occasionally it's resulted in some ridiculous throws. That one, I think probably two weeks ago to Brandon Ayuk that he dropped in the back corner of the end zone was yep. ridiculous. But that just isn't always going to work. Um, I'm also, I'm just concerned. I don't think Debo's 100%. Um, I, I think something's going on a little bit with him. Um, and then I'm concerned about the Eagles and their ability to maybe get out to an early lead and San Fran not being able to get, you know, get that run game going. That's obviously the biggest thing that they got going for them. Shanahan probably wants to win 17-14, but I just don't think he can do that against Philly. So I'm going Philly here. 
I really dislike both these teams, but I obviously dislike Philly more. So I would, I'm rooting for San Fran, but I, I think Philly's going to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. What a wild comment by Kyle Shanahan on Sunday when they go into the half. He's like, oh yeah, we were fine with the score. It's like, dude, you need to be aggressive here. What are we doing? Like yeah. there were some times where like Kyle Shanahan, he's a fantastic tactician and the, the script that he's going to come out with, I have no doubt is going to be fantastic and leverage to give the 49ers the best chance at winning this game. But some of his in-game decision-making and like mindset is just baffling. And then you remember like, Oh yeah, this is why the Pats were able to come back on the Falcons. Is because, That's like, say, PTSD. <laughs> yes. Like his in-game mindset is just crazy sometimes. Yeah, it is. This is an interesting game too. Cause I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And, and I, when I, the first side I looked at, I think, your point is right as far as the 49ers and calling out the Brock Purdy struggles, especially last game, which was a little tough. You're kind of getting the same defensive philosophy, but just better because the Eagles are just a better team where they don't have to blitz a ton. They, they rely on mostly natural pressure. And then when they do send blitz, Reddick causes mass chaos um, when he, you have to account for him on every play, but they're not a high blitzing team. They, they are below average in the league on blitz percentage. They get natural pressure. They're able to drop back and kind of play this softer, keep everything in front of you type of defense. And for a guy like Brock Purdy, that could be a lot to kind of handle um, initially. So, I'm interested to see how Kyle Shanahan is going to make that adjustment. Maybe we see Brock Purdy more in shotgun to kind of be a little bit more quick read, dump it out there. I think a Debo rushing prop might be interesting here because I do think when teams are, the Eagles seem to be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive line. They don't not super because their whole goal is just get after the quarterback, bring natural pressure. There might be some opportunities for some jet sweeps here and things like that with Debo. Um, so like a Debo rushing prop might be interesting here. I'm kind of with you. I'm having a hard time with this, but then I flip the field and I'm wondering if the Eagles can be aggressive here and score points because the under starting to look, look decent. How do you feel about that Eagles offense versus this 49ers defense? One thing I can't wait to watch. I was just thinking about it's just, I think very quickly, Fred Warner is becoming one of my favorite defensive players yes. to watch. He is absurd. I, I, he, so I'm excited to see him him against the run. Um, and then, I mean, last week we, you see him blow up runs, and then the next play he's running down the scene step for step with CeeDee Lamb. I'm just like, what is going on here? <laughs> yes. I mean, this team went from – I mean, there was obviously a little bit of a gap, but they went from Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman to Fred Warner, Fred Warner, Fred Warner and um, Dre uh, – based on Dre's last name. Um, but, I mean, Three. just – yeah, Trey Greenlaw. So, um, so yeah, Fred Warner and Trey, Green, Trey Greenlaw. I mean, they're just studs. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because San Fran's defense is so good, but Philly obviously they have the ability to be high flying as well. It, it that's going to be the best matchup. I like I like watching that matchup much better than you know the San Fran offense versus Philly defense. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd be interested to see where this number goes from a liability standpoint. It's certainly both these teams are in teaser marks right now. And we'll talk about the number swings on the Bengals Chiefs matchup, which is just absurd right now in the way that line has moved. Um, but I'd be interested to see if this maybe hits a three, because I think there's a danger here if you're the public in buying too much into what the Eagles get against the Giants. And this is something we talked about yeah. when the Giants played them in week 18 even though they did a better job. And this was something I was concerned about in the matchup last weekend. And that is Wink is one of the most stubborn defensive coordinators. He was going to be high blitz and man, and they were going to get burned. And that's exactly what he did as opposed to rolling out what they rolled out in 
week 18 had a little bit more success, which is kind of fall back into soft zones, more man pressure. D'Amico Ryan's no idiot. He's going to adjust. He's got the linebackers to um, play against this defense. And I do wonder if they mimic a Bucks defense from last year when they played the Eagles, which is you don't blitz a ton. You get natural pressure, which the 49ers absolutely can do. I think they're going to pick on Lane Johnson, who's who's going to require surgery in the offseason. Um, and then they're going to drop their linebackers off and protect the boundaries and say, hey, you got to beat us over the middle of the field in these soft zone coverages. And I wonder, I don't, I'm not 100% convinced that Hertz has developed that side of his game perfectly. A.J. Brown has certainly I helped that. I but agree. I do wonder if they're just going to kind of mimic the Bucks defense from last year, which gave Hertz complete fits. And that's why I'm I'm nervous to do it, but I'm I'm almost pulling the trigger on the under here because I I don't know how this Eagles offense is going to respond to the number one rush defense in a in a a defense that can kind of drop back and have their linebackers play with anybody and everybody on the field. Yeah, I mean I I hate picking unders, but they hit all the time. So I don't hate it either. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking of doing. And then I might tease the 49ers up to eight and a half, but I think the Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl. I am with you. I'm going to wait to see what the number does on Sunday and see if it maybe moves to a three, and then I, I might bite at three or whatever. But I, I think the under is going to be probably be my play to a Debo, maybe prop uh, is what I'll give out today. Uh, anything else before we wrap wrap that game up? Uh, no, that's about it. All right. Let's talk Bengals Chiefs. This number, holy moly, has this thing been moving. Look ahead line was five and a half Chiefs favorites. Then obviously Patrick Mahomes gets injured. The Cincinnati Bengals blow the barn doors off the Bills in a dominating fashion. Number opens one. Then we get Bengals moving all the way to minus two and a half. Now the number is back to plus one for the Bengals. Chiefs minus one because Patrick Mahomes isn't in a walking boot and the public is losing their minds over that. <laughs> um, and so we're now back at one. This line is just moving all over the place. I mean, it's kind of crazy to say. I have not pulled the trigger. I but I did bite initially at one. And then when the Chiefs did move to plus two and a half, I teased them. And now we're back here. So <laughs> I haven't given out a play just yet, but this game is, I mean, the matchups are just so much fun here. Yeah, this, this is an awesome game. I think there's a strong possibility that this is better than the Super Bowl. It's better than the other game that we have this Sunday. Um, it, it's just a fun matchup. The AFC, it's just more fun than the AFC. It really is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I can't wait for this. Um, you know, early lean is just the Bengals. Joe Burrow does not get phased by anything. They can kick the ball off to them. They can knee it, and then they can light the, the they can light the fifty yard line on fire. And Joe Burrow's just it's fine. We're okay. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't get phased. They have a kicker who doesn't get phased. I mean, they, their team doesn't really get phased. Um, and I, I like them going to this matchup. And obviously, they've matched up very well against the Chiefs. And I actually was kind of curious to kind of figure out what it is that they match up so well with the Chiefs. And what it comes down to, in my opinion, is the Bengals run 11 personnel more than any other team in the NFL. So just real quick, three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. That's 11 personnel. And the Chiefs suck against 11 personnel. They've given up 55 touchdowns in the last two seasons. That's 11 more than the second, the second next team. That is crazy. And Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow in his two or what they played three times in the last two years. I yep. can't remember. Okay, yep. three times three in the last two years. against them. Okay, so they played three times in the last two years, and his quarterback rating in eleven personnel versus the Chiefs is one hundred thirty. 
<laughs> and they already kind of beat up on this team once. They ran all over them without Joe Mixon, who dominated last week, by the way. Yep. Um, so they're getting Joe Mixon back. So I think they're going to be able to run all over them again. I, I don't, you know, I know Mahomes is making it seem like he's completely healthy, but I question that. I question his ability to make plays outside of the pocket. And now that, you know, I've noticed without Tyreek Hill there and when Kelsey's not getting open, which is rare, he's always open, yeah. but when he's not getting open, no one else is open. Mahomes is extending plays or just running. So I'm concerned about that. So I'm going Bengals. They, they just, they're the better team right now, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the, I was talking to my girlfriend who, clearly is not a professional football player here, but she brought up the great point because everybody's losing their mind over him not being a walking boot. And she's like, well, yeah, of course he's not because if you put him in a walking boot all week, the purpose is to have that kind of stiffen up and stabilize. They want him to be mobile and keep that loose. The problem's going to be when he's trying to cut and go vertically. Like he'll be able to drop back fine, but it's moving within the pocket, not north and south. When he has to go east to west, it's going to be a problem. And as a defensive lineman, knowing that he's he's you know, weak that way changes the game completely. Um, I think that's a great point about the 11 personnel. It makes a total, a ton of sense. Um, last week, I thought the O-line play was over-exaggerated for the reasons we talked about. Bill's off defensive pressure had fallen off without Von Miller, banged up secondary. There is one problem with that applying this week, and the man's name is Chris Jones. Um, and that is probably not going to be snowing. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll get a snow, and that will help with traction on the Bengals' part. But Chris Jones is a problem. Do you think that they can do a good enough job containing him to not overly affect this offensive progression? Well, I mean, this this applies to a couple of things here. As you know, I am a firm believer in the due theory, and he is very due for a playoff sack. He has zero in his career, which is unbelievable, because he basically has a whole season of playoff games in his, in his career. Um, and obviously, do theory, Chiefs maybe do to win and beat the Bengals. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do see Chris. Uh, I do see him being a him being a problem because um, he's a, he's a problem for every team. And if he's going against backups, especially along the interior of the line, that that's frightening. Yeah, I will say I have been hard on Zach Taylor, and the man deserves a round of applause. He, does. he grew he does. up. <laughs> In front of our eyes, everything that you had to do to help that situation, he did last week. It was perfect. Like he has been what's holding this Bengals offense and team back. I've had that opinion for a while now. No more. That was a beautiful game. Mixing great pre-motions, um, <clears throat> pre-stat motions. Didn't have long developing plays all the time. Like just did everything correct. And we talked about it at, at nauseum on the, on the preview on Friday night or whenever I was doing that, I was delirious at that point. I recorded a whole podcast without realizing the mic was off. And then I had to re-record on Friday night. Ooh, glad was... I missed glad I missed the pod. <laughs> yeah. I did a live show on YouTube. Mike was off. There was no sound coming out. <laughs> but, hilarious. Uh at nauseum. I mean, Zach Taylor, I, I can't the dude deserves his roses. He absolutely now is not a liability. And it's an interesting matchup. Him versus um, Reed, excuse me there, in Lou versus um, Spagnola and yeah. the way they pair up. The interesting thing, I'll be interested to see how the Chiefs attack this because they saw they ha they're going to be watching that Bills game. And as a defense, we've talked about this. The Chiefs' whole philosophy is because our offense is so good, we just have yep. to build it to protect leads. And so they're less aggressive. But you can't do this with the Bengals' offense. That's what the Bills try to do. They played off coverage. And Jamar Chase and Higgins and everybody else had field day with under routes and getting off the line and getting in their space. You have to crow the line because also part of it is Joe Burrow is incredibly smart. 
He does his studying. He gets the ball out incredibly fast. It is quick. He has trust in his wide receivers. And part of that is because when you play off coverage, he knows his guys are going to get the space they need. And so I'll be interested to see how the Chiefs adjust that. Um, I'm concerned, like you said, the, the Bengals have also done a very good job of, of containing Kelsey mm-hmm. the times they've played them. Because they are, it's sort of the old basketball philosophy. Like, all right, you got to choose to shut down somebody. If the team is built around one offensive weapon, Let's just go ahead and smother that guy. But if there's multiple, all right, we got to choose our poison. Unfortunately, you don't have to choose your poison anymore because Hill isn't here. There aren't a ton of burners. You can really just say we got to try to eliminate Kelsey as best as possible. The linebackers for Bengals can cover. They do a great job, and they've they added additional guys so they can roll out five DBs and they can play. I mean, Cameron Britt is not afraid to come up and make a tackle. He's been phenomenal. Um, and so that's an interesting dynamic here. I am kind of with you. I do like the Bengals. I also think it's hilarious that like for the last couple of years, the NFL has done everything they can to try to give the bills an advantage to make this the Brady mm-hmm. versus Manning matchup. No, no, no. Brady versus Manning is Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes at this point. It's definitely becoming that. Um, and I like you bringing up the tight ends there. Cause I actually think this weekend I will be doing a, Four tight end touchdown parlay because I like every single tight end to score here. And last week, I don't know if you noticed this, but three out of the four games, the first touchdowns were all tight ends. I did. Um, so <laughs> I I like a I like a four touchdown parlay just for fun. Now I'm not going to put any, anything major on it, but I could see all four of these tight ends scoring. I don't hate that at all. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to wait to see what this line does to see if it continues to move up, but it is definitely a candidate for a teaser bet, especially if you search around. There's still two and a halves out there. We'll see where the number yeah. moves because you can blow through the three and the seven with that, which will be nice. Um, I also, I feel like we got to talk about it because people are just going, can we stop with this like, and we mentioned it earlier, this talk that if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes, he's automatically a better quarterback. That is not how this works. Like there is, there is just no more nuance in the way we talk about these things. And that's why you search out trophy gets podcast. Cause we give you that nuance and balanced approach, but like, that's not how this works. Wins are used when you have two quarterbacks that are even, and you need something to distinguish them. They are not even yet. Burrow is certainly on his way to be competing with Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, I was about to say, there are tiers to quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes, he's in his own tier. It's at number one. Yes. <laughs> it's like back back when, when Brady was starting to come up. Like Manning was number one, and then yeah. there was a time where they were sort of even, and that's when you start to use the win column because that does go into a, sort of right. a quarterback metric at the elite of the elite levels. Um, but it's just re- like for some reason – We've our brains have gone mush on ESPN and Fox Sports and everywhere else. We're like all of a sudden quarterback wins is like a, a thing we're using to evaluate quarterbacks. And yes, it's a useful tool, but that's only when you're comparing guys and you have nothing else to kind of break through the next level. It's just ridiculous. Like this isn't a heavyweight boxing match. There are other variables here. <laughs> of course there are. And I mean, I I'm I could be wrong, but I'm pretty positive that Peyton Manning has a positive record against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And Come on, Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, best to ever do it. Um, and the other thing too, it's like that's even the best part is like the numbers don't even favor Joe Burrow yet. Like Joe Burrow has as many losses at this point in his career that Peyton or not Peyton Manning, that Patrick Mahomes has in his entire career, and he's gotten a hell of a head start. The guy's been to five. AFC championships in a row. He's won a Super Bowl. His numbers aren't like Joe Burrow's. A, I don't want to be like shitting on Joe Burrow because I do think he's an elite quarterback. Oh, yeah. and he is certainly on the rise, but that conversation all week has been making me blow a lid on the couch as I watch it. Like that is not how this works. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's just been 
making me angry watching that debate. But we've we thrown out a couple of comparisons of quarterbacks. I got one more. I was thinking about it this week because like that's that's where we're moving right now. Like everybody's comparing this generation to the old generation. And like, I was getting annoyed. I told you about Josh Allen and the Cam Newton. I was like, no, 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 that is not <laughs> Cam Newton was a special, special anomaly when he was on, like, he's more like Phillip rivers. I do have one more here for you <clears throat> that I think might be accurate. And tell me how you feel about this. Justin Herbert is the next drew Brees, where like he is going to be in it. Maybe he gets one. If everything lines uh-huh. up, He's going to put up some crazy stats as he does. He's going to make some crazy throws. He's got a bit of a stronger arm than Drew Brees, but he's just going to be that guy that's setting like passing records and completion records up the wazoo. Maybe gets one, but never fully gets to that tier of like multiple championships like we've been looking for. I could see that. I don't, I don't hate that. Um, yeah, I really do stress the maybe, maybe gets one because I mean, yeah. long career ahead of him, but still, it's just like, God, there's so many young quarterbacks that are oh my God, on better organizations. Um, so it's just it'll be tough, but yeah, I could totally see that where he just puts up ridiculous stats, um, but maybe gets one. I, I mean, I don't even hate comparing him to Philip Rivers too. I mean, yeah, it's also true he could very much be that as well. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I do like feel that Herbert's like that guy where he he's such a stud, but there's so many other good guys. You you almost Kind of like almost forget about them a little. Yeah, they also need to. I don't know what they're doing in that athletic training room, but they might need to consider getting some fresh blood in there because, my God, can that team not stay healthy? That's another team that might need. I mean, they did move stadiums, so we can't say it's all in the stadiums. Like, it's buried on some burial ground or something. But, like, my God, they need some voodoo magic to get rid of whatever demons are going on with that organization. Consistently, for as long as I can remember, they are always injured. Always. Always. <laughs> I don't know what happened in the construction of that organization, but some terrible something terrible happened in the past, and there is a ghost haunting that organization. Without a doubt. Oh my god. Um all right. I think that's good. I don't have too much more on those two games. I think we're both on the same track. I think it's gonna be Bengals Eagles, which will make for a hell of a Super Bowl if that's the case. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, anything else on the football realm before we uh close this up no i mean that's that's about it covered it pretty good there do we think lamar returns to baltimore now that greg roman's gone and that offensive scheme is finally going to evolve for the first time in centuries i think it's just so hard for them just to let him go i think it's a franchise tag i don't think it's a long-term deal um so yeah i think he returns on a franchise tag but let's just hold out hope that he just moves a little south (laughs) 30 minutes i saw your house Speaking of that, I saw something. I don't think it's going to happen. PFT commentator just um, retweeted it. Uh, potential trade. You trade pain for Justin Fields because the Bears need a defensive tackle. And sure. they trade out to buy to draft the top pick. Sure. Let's do yeah. it. I'm, I'm in. That's like, I don't think they're going to make that trade. But, man, would that be a steal? <laughs> it sure would. Yeah. But, yeah, Lamar in Washington, that could be fun. I mean, it looks like Miami's going to keep Tua from all yeah. I can see. Who knows what will happen there. But I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. But Washington could be nice to him. Uh, could be. I, could like be I nice. said, I don't, I don't know where he lives in the area, but he could certainly keep the home. Yep. I mean, they're going to have to tear up that field and put something better in. Otherwise, his knee is gone in about a month. But outside of that, yeah, could be could be nice for him. Yeah, I'm with you. And the Ravens might actually get a wide receiver now that Greg Roman's gone and they don't have that horrific system that wide receivers avoid like the plaque. So, yeah, they may. And by the way, I'm sure you've noticed, but shocker, Ron Rivera is interviewing dinosaurs for offensive (laughs) quarter. Greg Roman was one of them. So, yeah, let's. 
let's be a, a strong, you know, three wide receiver built team and bring in Greg Roman. God, I'm sure I'm sure Terry Curtis and Jahan can't wait. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my fear with the Bucks. I cannot I don't know who the hell Todd Bowles is gonna bring in, but I have a feeling it's not gonna be good. <laughs> It'll be a dinosaur. I'm Trust I'm me. honestly to be honest, I'm not even mad about it. I sort of hope that Brady retires, mm-hmm. but which I don't because Greg Olson, by the way, phenomenal in the booth. Fantastic. I am on the Fantastic. Greg Olson trade. I don't want Tom to replace him. He was on his P's and Q's phenomenal. Like the difference between going from Romo in that game to Greg Olson in that night game was night and difference. Like that was the best thing ever. He's prepared. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tony got his contract and he's given up. Oh, Tony annoys me like no on. Oh, he's so annoying to watch. It's so bad. Nance is incredible, but Tony is just like, Tony, what are you like? Shut up. Yeah. There's so much just junk in that. Oh, whatever. Um, but I am all for the Bucks just keeping. I wish we kind of kept Leftwich, to be honest, and just got rid of Tom, played Blaine Gabbert, and got the number one pick so we can draft Caleb Williams oh, the year after. I'm all for the bad. tank boat. I am all for, like, let's let's just suck it up next year as bad as we can. I'm all on that boat. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I think you're a little too talented for it to happen. Ah, Blaine Gabbert's our starting quarterback. Yeah, Nothing's impossible. That is true. That's very or true. Ta- or uh, Trask, one of yeah, the two. Try either one of those out. We could lose. A, we could win maybe just two games with those two. That's true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Especially if we get rid of Mike Evans, which I'm hearing might be an option to get rid of him, which would be. Oh, well, then, yes, you are going to win two games. <laughs> yeah. Talk about just one of the worst decisions the franchise could make. It's like, all right, let's bring in a new quarterback in like another two years and have nothing to support him. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, just absolute jokes. Um, Before we wrap this up, we were talking privately. I feel like we're a sports show. We should bring this up. UFC needs to get shit together. These yeah. prices and the cards that they are pumbling out have been horrendous. That 99, uh, 99 cents fee that ESPN yeah. plus hit this week. Ooh, not a fan. Got to yep, tell they, you, not a fan. <laughs> they took the annual fee out and I, I reviewed the last card that just, just took place. And I was like, what's going on? Like, why, <laughs> why am I paying for this? And then, you know, I mean, obviously Francis and is gone. I, there are some, I'm sure you're already aware, there are some Connor Ultimate Fighter whispers. Yes. <laughs> that might get me a little excited. <laughs> that might be a little nostalgic. It won't, it won't be as classic as the original. No way. No. But um, God, what a wild one that was when he did that last time. I still go back and watch some of those clips because they are absolutely hysterical. He, he was on top of Mount Everest at that point. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that will at least, Get me a little intrigued, um, and you know, you hear the the John Jones rumbling, but still, um, yeah, uh, yeah, these cards are rough. I'm still not over Francis Agano leaving the UFC. I am so oh, heartbroken over that. Like that man was becoming the he was the most dangerous person on the planet, and how is he not fighting in the premium? Shit? Like Dana needs to get his shit together. Like these cards, I was looking at them. There are good fights. Don't get me wrong. Like there are great fights coming up, but it's like one per card. It's like I'm spending yeah. 80 bucks per on um, pay-per-views plus the 999 yearly and then like investing all this time. Like it's a, becoming an expensive ass sport to follow for stuff that just isn't good. You might get one or two loaded cards where we used to get multiple a year oh, and fighters would oh, fight God. way more often. Oh yeah, I Connor fought one in August and then fought again in November. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they, what's, 
I was like, how? They want a guy like Connor so badly because there's just there's not a lot of star power right now. Like there aren't guys that like there are phenomenal fighters. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but those guys that can do both, they are they are starving for that. And Dana's just here's the other thing: people need to realize Dana didn't like invent the UFC. He's a right. phenomenal promoter, but he got his money. And now he's moving on to other endeavors like this stupid ass slap league. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't know if you saw this. No skill. You're just slapping the shit out of each other. Just automatic brain trauma. There's no defense. Nothing. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's. I, I saw the first clip on Twitter, whatever, probably the next morning when um, I, everyone was seeing it. And my instant reaction when I first heard the slap, I was like, like kind of like, oh. But then like as soon as I hit, hit, hit the grab, there is a fencing pose. I'm like, okay, this is uncomfortable. Um and, and you know the rest of their the rest of their you got 30 seconds you got 30 seconds you're fine i'm like are we sure i um, saw a clip where a dude's face literally shifted the entire direction and never shifted back like his face got rearranged on a slap like what are we doing it's crazy and then and you look at these people they're like plumbers yeah this <laughs> is like we're just taking advantage of like people right now is what we're doing for like 10k there's no defense there's no skill to it like the UFC is one thing. We love it because there's an actual skill factor to it, and there's technique and all this other stuff. These dudes can't even defend themselves. I can't right. believe they got a state to license this. Me too. And and they're not they're not getting like paid like enough real dollars. They're really no. doing it for like attention dollars. It's ridiculous. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like Dana's yeah. just like looking for money grabs left and right at this point. I, agree. Um, I do think you know I did a slight prediction that in 2023 Dana will step down as UFC president. It does seem to be trending that way. I mean, between yeah. him kicking off the slap promotion with his slap boxing of his wife in the club and not stepping down after that, and yeah. which was just horrendous to watch, um, the way the cards are going and the UFC sort of declined, like there's nobody really, like the PFL is not pushing them. There's no other really other option right now, but like it's not the same. And now you've got this thing. It's just, I, I don't hate that. I could very well see it. And it might be time. Like it might be time for some more fresh ideas and some new leadership to, to kind of push them to the next level. It might be, yeah. And you do wonder, like, not it doesn't really matter because Connor never fights, but like, how will that impact like the relationship between Connor and the UFC? Because obviously Dana is in love with Connor, but yeah. it doesn't really matter because Connor just refuses to fight anyway. So yeah, and Connor's also on a weird personal. Yeah. Oh, he's a life. weird person. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's gotten he's gotten weird. He used to be yeah. like really cool and entertaining Loved now it's like yeah he used to be like the best guy <laughs> like you see the behind the scenes and the way he interacted with people and just like mm-hmm. the his whole persona was just like great i mean right. he was like he put on the connor persona for like promoting fights and then everything off camera was different and everybody spoke nice words and now he's like punching old dudes in bars and he's posting videos of he's a bizarre dude he's bizarre. yeah like it's just and his face is swollen up, which to me, I don't know personal life, but like leads me to believe there's a lot of booger sugar going on in his world. So it's just this well. is not not going well. Right. Um, we'll see. I don't know. We'll talk some more UFC as those cards go. I like this 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 week uh, picks. Hopefully we give some good ones there. I love that the Bengals are now becoming the NFL's version of anywhere, anytime we'll show up and punch in the face kind of team. People are somehow pushing the notion that we're going to get sick of Joe Burrow because he's getting cocky. And I was like, he's the different type of cocky. Like He's not in your face. He's just confident at this point and just the absolute best. It's a heavyweight fight uh, this weekend between the Chiefs and Bengals. And I'm very, very excited for what should be, no matter what, a great Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, Joe Burrow, he has like a quiet confidence about himself. It's awesome. The absolute best. Um, Anything else before we wrap this up? No, that's about it. Beautiful. As always, we'll see you next week. Peace.